This broadcast comes from our live stream at twitch.tv slash the Civ show. Every banana we eat is a clone of every other banana we ever eat. And there's actually oh, a fear that, that yeah. uh, like a virus that kills the plant, that we would have like a massive banana shortage. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Civ Show podcast where we suck so you don't have to i'm your host moisas raising zozo nystagmus and we have a very special guest he was the creator and the guest on sunday if you miss sunday that's a terrible shame but we have foibles for you today foibles how are you today sir doing great thanks for having me dude we're always excited to have you on we're always excited to have anyone from the civ give on because it's that was a ton of fun in itself, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it definitely was. Probably the highlight of 2020. Civ Give was the, the best thing that ever happened anywhere. Okay. <laughs> anywhere. No hyperbole, anywhere. folks. No, no hyperbole. No hyperbole. Okay. Anywhere. Hey, no, hey, I, 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 I don't know about you guys, but I, I've heard from a few people. It was indeed the highlight of their 2020. That's not those are not my words. Those are their words. I'm just relaying the information throwing that out there <laughs> anyways foibles we had we had a game on sunday right we had we had a we had a game tell us a, uh, about the game since you since you made it yeah um i i uh, went to some creative realms and uh pulled out some ideas from the back of my head so i'm i'm a big player on culture i love i love culture in civ 6 and uh with it being valentine's day i wanted to kind of have a little bit of a theme there uh, as you saw in the thumbnail that I made, I had a little bit of fun putting that together. Uh, I decided to theme it on romance languages and pick civs that match those. And so I, I assigned each of us a romance language civ and uh, forced us to do a culture game together. What's interesting about that is when you do turn off the different game modes, uh, you, you can't see certain stats. And that's something you pointed out during the game was that when you turn off domination victory, you can't see the military strength of your of your neighbors, which is kind of interesting. But I think it was a good time. Now, Zoe, I know you were a little, um, you were a little frustrated because I'm always frustrated. Spain, uh, <laughs> Spain wasn't necessarily who are the a culture civs? Civ, who are the civs foibles that you picked for each of us and for yourself? Yeah, so I was Brazil. Moy, you were um, Magnificence Catherine of France. Zozo was uh, Philip II of Spain, and and uh, Nystagmus was Trajan of Rome. So uh, we picked what was it? Spanish, Portuguese, French and latin uh the other romance language is romanian but we don't have another we don't have a romanian civ in the game so the closest thing to that would have been hungarian but it's still a stretch so i went to the roots of romance and, and picked a latin uh to to throw in with this so yeah that, that was kind of the the idea was to have something romancing because we're close to valentine's day do a culture game because we all know valentine's day is a, is a corporate holiday where all the candy companies sell off their <laughs> excess christmas candy Christmas package it in pink packaging and just resell it. <laughs> exactly. Happy Love Day, everybody. This isn't a tree. This is a heart. Happy if love you day. don't give a gift to your significant other, you're a bad person. So buy some chocolate. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed that culture game. Um, it's it's we always have to adapt a little bit when we focus on just a single game type, right? When you only have a certain victory condition you're going for, you have to kind of stretch yourself and and I had to think of things that I didn't normally think of when I'm planning my cities. Prioritize different things. One thing I did was I focused a lot on wonders, at least at the beginning, and uh, then pushed myself to get good adjacencies on my theater squares. And uh, I was going to try and get a religion, but that was stolen from me. That was my Brazil that was, religion would have been great. That was my crowning achievement of the entire game, because I'm going to be 100 percent honest without being able to see the military score. I literally didn't see that Zoe was going to declare war on me until like I just saw all his conquistadors on you my border. No. Oh, no. Well, I didn't know what it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen eventually, but I okay. was really deep into the culture game because as Rome, you know, I need to work a little hard, right, to get that culture game going too, right? I, I, I Everyone tell me, I renamed the cities like, you know, Zoe can have his tilt cities, but the real reason why is <laughs> I basically was just doing, like, I was just doing the guy from Alien, just going, game over, man, game over. Like, I... I Game over, man. Like, Zoe was like, I don't know if he has another army. I'm like, no, I didn't have another army, Zoe. I didn't have anything. I literally had, I had a large well, the game army. was also working against you, Nystagmus, because he didn't find Void Singers until later, which is probably the best matchup for Rome. But Yeah, I found, yeah, I found Void kind of Singers right before the Condiscors came and crushed my city. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I basically just gave up on those cities and formed a defensive line because I was like, yep, yeah, I'm not taking anything. The only thing that will happen is all my troops that I do have will die. So might as well just build troops behind these two cities. I'm just going to give up and hopefully it'll take them a while to take uh, it. The, uh, a lesson I learned being Spain, uh, I chose Defender of the Faith. I do wish in hindsight I'd instead ch- taken Crusader uh, just because I realized that if you took Defender of the Faith, then I'd be like, okay, well, then I'm going to convert your cities. That'll be my aim. As I'm approaching you with this army that's powered by a bunch of missionaries, I will try to convert your cities. And now it's a crusade instead of yeah. a... I don't know uh, why you didn't take Crusade. Why did you take Defender of the Faith? I, 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 really I had not been in Spain in a couple years. Um, and uh, I just knew that my culture game for Spain was going to be, I'm going to conquer your culture. Uh, build your wonders. They'll be mine. Um, but in hindsight, yeah, I wish I'd done that plan, but taken crusade and I do actually kind of wish in hindsight that I'd sent my army to the West instead. Uh, I could have crossed the ocean. I could have gotten them all there on my, my front. And I don't think foibles would have really liked if that, if that came his way, but no, I chose you because, uh, you were closer and thus the easier target. And because you took my olives, bring up. took my olives. I ended up with the continent to myself. And no, I did not plan that because it was a randomly generated seed. But um, I, I did welcome, you know, both Moy and Zozo coming in and, you know, settling the shores. I, I had plenty of, of room. There was no I, had, room. I had a wonderful a huge continent. You had a huge <laughs> continent. No, there was plenty. What I'm saying is there was plenty of room around me. So it was fine that you guys came over and stretched Let's, a bit, you know. Let's all like stop complaining that you guys didn't have any room. You see, you had the sea to go to. I was right in the middle between Moy and Zoe, which is never a good place for nystagmus to be. Uh, and Ooh. like, you sure about that? No, no, no. It's not what Zoe told me. Between Moy and Zoe's place. <laughs> Ew. As soon as I saw that, I was like, this this game this game is gonna suck for me. Like someone someone's gonna just bring down the hammer and 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 uh, Rome's not gonna be able to expand. Let's just say that like. Because I was just like, oh, Moy's on one side and then Zo's on the other, and they're both pretty close to me. Well, I'm losing this game. So. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to talk about how much military you had foibles. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I was preparing a military to take over some of your land. And I know that Zo mm-hmm. also had a military. So I'm curious what your preparation was to a military uh, invasion. Oh, yeah. By the time we were finishing up the game, I had field cannon cores almost in every city. Oh, and uh, I, I had built a bunch of cavalry as well. So I, I was ready. I could have mobilized pretty quickly. In fact, I had some cavalry and field cannons on your borders, but you couldn't see them yet. They're oh, in the fog wow. in those uh, kind of northwestern cities that you settled on my continent. Mm-hmm. Those I had to settle those, man. I had nowhere else to go. And I'm like, I just got to yeah, build even, I, squares. I put some encampments between me and Zozo as well. There was one like right in the mountain pass that would block him from getting to my city, kind of a good choke point. Um, and then I kind of put one towards your cities as well, just in case. Uh, so I, I really did. I did enjoy uh, playing Spain that I hadn't played in forever. And it was fun playing them to their strength, which unfortunately I had to concede the culture game. There is no way uh, for, for me to show what I, what Spain could do. But I did see that like, whoa, wow, like my conquistadors, I got them up to like an 84 attack uh, against uh, the city. Like that was pretty cool. That's like a plus 20 uh, attack bonus. Uh, So that was interesting. My suggestion would be next time I would take one theme or the other. I would say do we'll do a romance game and we'll all be romance and just play to your romantic strength, play to your romantic civ strength. Or gotcha. we do a culture game and, you know, you can still have L'Amour, uh, but instead of doing romance languages, which is not romance, that's Roman, it's Roman languages, do it yeah. like romance of the heart of the culture sieves where we are all good culture sieves because then you have an interesting game where none of us is going to really feel war more than likely. Um, and it would have been interesting, I think, if Eleanor was in that game or if Congo yeah. was in that game, yeah. uh, you know, some of these other culture civs, I think, would have been an, made for an interesting or, time. So I think next time, if you come back into a culture game, give us all a great culture civ. 
um, mm, and, and you'll see a great culture game. Give none I'll of us a that. good culture sieve and play a culture game. Or, <laughs> yeah, that would be fair too. Good point, Nostagimus. Or give all of us the equivalent of Spain. Uh, we all play Congo and first two are religious victories. Yeah, and because you chose Brazil, <laughs> Brazil and France, foibles when i when i by the way i didn't realize that it was culture game until like the day before i didn't that's read the full fault. thing that is that's your on fault. me that's on me but that's where you know uh you know i could have maybe saved us some some headache uh or or zo bitter um Conquistadors, good by at choosing, bad at reading instructions yeah by choosing brazil <laughs> brazil and france are like epic 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 culture sieves they're like the best culture sieves in the game and they each have their own sort of take on culture but they're both so amazing and then to give me it it was kind of mean um <laughs> <laughs> it's like what rome and spain and you two are, you might as well have had that you guys were on the same team and that oh we weren't God. allowed to attack and you know anyways it's just I love you, buddy. It was a great game. I, had <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. And I guess we can consider you like a wild card in that game. You were definitely the wild card. I was card. the wild card. I like that. To your point, though, I wanted to add something. Sure. Uh, the culture game that we that we played on Sunday was actually a fallback idea because I had a different idea. What? I was going to create I was going to create a custom map <gasps> where we all play Eleanor. <gasps> And it was going to be a heart-shaped map Aww. where we all start on separate islands, and it was going to be called the Court of Love. And uh, the only problem was I was working on the map editor, and for some reason, it wouldn't pop up in my saved maps when oh, I finished it. No. So it was it was pretty much completely done. I had the uh, spawn points saved on each island, and I I had some really fun uh, like regions on the map. Um, but it just, it didn't work. I still have the file, but for some reason it's still that not is pulling actually, up. So here's, uh, here's a play on that idea for your foibles. And, and now you have next Valentine's day to work on it. Uh, have that, two, there's three, like two, this heart <laughs> continent. All right. But it's like in the middle of the map and it's populated with AI and the rest of us are Eleanor's and we're off the continent of the map. And the object of the mm. game is it's whoever can convert the most cities that are in the middle ends up winning. I and that's like it. That. That's the object of the game. We're I not like fighting. That. It's like, love me the most. No, love me the most. And that's <laughs> it. It's whoever converts the most enemy cities. That is amazing. I like that. That's awesome. There's still like time before Valentine's Day. Maybe we can pull it that's off. That's true. I got some time to prepare. <laughs> Nystagmus, did you have some thoughts? You were going to say something. Oh, uh, uh, I was joking around about the the updating stuff. For for my, oh, gotcha. mine... Um, I just want to stop picking on nystagmus. That's that's what I want. Like, how come it's like I have to go to war with somebody, and it's always nystagmus. It's always nystagmus. Always just <laughs> maybe next time I'll let you be Russia or something. How about that? If 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 anything, you can do the four leaf clover map for the Eleanor thing. If you don't need to, uh, if you don't need to make your map. And uh, yes, uh, AOC is cool. If Zozo always wears the best gear, where do you get your shirts? So. <laughs> You're wearing a nice shirt right now, dude. I tap that with magic cards. It's pretty sick. I'm not gonna I, lie. I, I, geek shirts. It's like this is so. This is what Zoe dresses like when he used to go to bars. By the way, this is the type of nerd oh, okay. I am. Uh, this is me be going out on the town. Would be wear, putting one of my geek shirts on. Um, I don't know. I I get them. Uh, my big influx of geek shirts was when I went to Anime North, um, and then more nice. recently, just shopping around. Um, What's this place called? I can't. It, I don't recall the pl this place here. But if you like it, uh, I'll start selling their merchandise on the Sib Show. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Maybe one day go. we'll get merch, right? One yeah, day. One day. <laughs> one day. We'll get that frame, Moy. We'll get the frame that came back. Yeah, it'll be great. Oh. The shirts. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of merch and foibles wearing his own merch and foibles uh great transition i know let's talk about your atw challenge first let's just i let's just pretend i know nothing about it give me the elevator pitch what is the atw challenge yeah uh, let me first give you a brief history of where the idea came from it started last year before the civ give um i was thinking to myself this next year is going to be a, a better year for me I just finished building my new PC, which allows me to do so much more. My laptop kind of limited me. I couldn't record and stream at the same time. It was just too much. Uh, after building this PC, which I'm proud of as well, because it was my first ever PC build, and, and uh, I was very nice. nervous, but it turned out just fine. Um, after the PC got built, I started to flush out my idea. 
And I wanted to do a, a playthrough challenge that would take me throughout the year, something that um, the community would have something to look forward to every time I popped on to play Civ, right? Like, oh, you know, there's this expectation. Every time we pop on, we're playing this. We're, we're trying to achieve a goal, accomplish something. And it kind of worked out perfectly because when I built this PC, my my Hall of Fame got reset, right? Mm-hmm. So all of my my history was gone because it's, you know, it saves to the PC. So the timing was perfect for me to do a playthrough of all the civs. And I wanted to do something different than the traditional like A to Z or, uh, you know, either by name or by leader name or whatever. So I wanted to do um, I wanted to do a twist on that. So I decided to make it be an around the world thing where we go continent by continent. We go alphabetical order by the civs on those continent. And it's kind of interesting because once you finish a continent, by the way, we've already finished Africa, you can start to see some themes of the civilizations on those continents, right? And so uh, as we continue to go throughout the year, we, um, we're just going to go continent by continent and play every single Civ. And taking that a step further, I wanted the community to be more involved with it. I didn't want it just to be me playing and people watching. I wanted the community playing. So I made the decision to um, have the community involved and play the exact same games, the exact same setup, the exact same start, um, all the settings the same. That way we can compare our games to each other, see how we played, uh, provide each other with some feedback and, and learn off of each other. That way we're all impro- improving as Civ players and we're having a good time and we get to do it together. It's a communal thing rather than just me on the screen, you know? For sure. I know that you you finished africa am i right so you've moved on to um i don't actually know what, what continent asia you asia so what are you what are you playing right now right now we're on kublai khan's china oh oh dang how's that going it's my first time ever playing him i haven't i i reserved playing any of the new civs that came out with the january update until they pop up in order of this of of the uh, around the world challenge so i've had to hold back i haven't played vietnam yet I haven't played Kublai Khan's Mongolia yet. So um, this is the first time popping in with the new leader from the update. Mm-hmm. It's going well. We decided on an inland sea map. And um, I never pick the civs. The civs, uh, my opponents are always random. Um, but we do pick usually the city states and what wonders we want to appear. And we kind of think, oh, yeah, maybe we try this victory condition or that victory condition. Or, and what game modes we're going to put on. I'm kind of defaulting to almost always having secret societies and corporations on. I love playing with those together. Uh, sometimes we do dramatic ages. We haven't done a tech or civic shovel yet. That will oh, probably God, happen no, soon. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. That will probably pop up eventually. Um, we still have to do apocalypse mode as well. Uh, so I'm trying to find the right time for that. Uh, but we try to give ourselves some different variables, like different maps, different settings, and play to the Civ strengths. I want to be able to showcase what the Civ does well. And that way we can kind of learn from, from the Civ and how to play them, uh, how you can do different things with them. Uh, and that's how we go about creating the games. So in terms of, uh, you said you had this planned like last year, right? And so I, I imagine like kind of the build up to finally being able to do it was, it was a lot. And I'm kind of curious of how you're in, I, I, something that I've noticed anyway, how your engagement has been with your community. Has your community grown? Has, have they been loving it? Have they been giving you feedback? Just how has that journey been with your community? The response to the challenge has been amazing, and it's it's uh, it's definitely taken to the community better than I thought it would. People have embraced it. They've hopped in. They've started to play along with us. Every time we play, the community grows a little bit more. Um, because of the challenge, we have you know gotten over a hundred people in our Discord server now. Uh, the Twitter following is growing. Um, I'm I'm actually doing stuff on YouTube now, which is something I've been wanting to do for a while. And the crazy thing is, by the end of this challenge on YouTube, if I'm averaging between like, let's say, 12, 10 and 12 videos per sieve, um, playing every single sieve, I'm going to have well over like 550 videos on my YouTube channel, just oh. of all of the sieves being played, which is going to be nuts. And on top of that, I'm making sure that I'm uploading at least two videos every day. And so I, I, down, I download the VODs from Twitch and I edit them. And today, or sorry, yesterday, no, it was today. Today was the first day I only got one up because the internet went out last night, so I couldn't upload anything. Um, But pretty much every day for the past two months, I've uploaded two videos to YouTube. And they're just like standard playthroughs. It's just, you know, snippets of of the Twitch VODs. Um, But I want to be able to have that library that people can go back to and watch, especially since all of these are containing new content. People are going to go back that are jumping into the game for the first time and be able to watch somebody play from start to finish 
you know, what it's like playing with the new updates, with the new game modes, with the new sibs. And that way people can, can you know, learn from it, hopefully, and enjoy it. Uh, have you, just kind of curious, have you ever tried, because I know it's very similar, have you ever tried a Vector Cat challenge? Because that's something that we can relate to. We've, we've done Vector Cat challenges. I've done one of your challenges as well. Have you ever tried a Vector Cat challenge? I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I want to. Um, and I, I, it's, it's mostly because I just haven't had the time to, right. No, you're <laughs> focused you're so much on our challenge. Now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Lots of editing. Usually on Wednesdays, I try to get at least six videos edited at night when I'm not streaming over the weekends. I'm trying to get, what I try to do is on Wednesdays, I try to edit enough videos to last from Thursday until Sunday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, I kind of split it up to where I edit videos on both those days to get all the way up to Wednesday. So that way I've got two kind of points in the week where I can edit, get videos up, and uh, that way I can keep people up to date with the challenge. After, I know this is kind of like really future thinking, but like even after this, what what's after the ATW challenge? Because there is a finite end to it. Yeah, there will be. Um, it'll probably be either some kind of new challenge run. I have some plans uh, in the back of my mind that I'm still kind of trying to flush out, so I don't have too much to share there. But um, I do have a few ideas that I'm going to start experimenting with and trying out. And uh, I think what, what I'm going to try and do this year is get the ATW challenge finished before the next CivGive event. That way I can have maybe a month or two before the CivGive to start promoting for it. And, uh, and that way that can kind of be the focus towards the end of the year. That way there's not too much overlap. There may be some on YouTube with uploads, but at least with streams, I'd like to get to the point where I'm finished before the next Civ give and then we can focus on promoting that that's a tall order though right to finish before the next Civ give because i'm just trying to do the math in my head right <laughs> how many because it, yeah. it, it, it takes more than one stream on average to finish a game too right so yeah i usually get a Civ done in a week usually i can get um a Civ done in two streams that equals about 10 to 12 episodes about 30 minutes each and um i'm already i'm technically ahead of schedule right now because i've already finished a continent before the first quarter's over the only problem being that there are some continents that are very large with lots of civs and leaders. So Asia is one of them, the one we're on right now. Europe's going to be a huge one. North and South America won't be too bad. They're about four or five each. What's interesting is that the very last civ we play is going to be the Maori because they are technically on their own continent, like uh, New Zealand yeah, and that yeah. region down there. They're on, I think it's either Oceania or Zealandia, whatever they want to call it, but uh, they're on their own continent. So it's going to be kind of a fun way to finish it is with such a unique civ like Maori. But yeah, I, I'm I'm going to try. I'm technically ahead of schedule right now. Um, so I'm going to try and get, uh, if I can, you know, if we're averaging a civilization a week, you know, we can get four to five done in a month. And we're, and we're getting, what is it? It's about 55, 54 civs right now. There might be more that come out in March. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll round to 60. Uh, safe yeah. number yeah. <laughs> 60 is a nice round number it's uh it's rounding up so uh <laughs> Big time, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if i at least get a sieve done a week that's good that's average if i can do two in a week that way all four of my streams in a week i can get two sieves done then that would put me more ahead of schedule so it should work out fine and that seems like a grind i hope uh, i hope like as i don't know if this happened to you or it's happened to anyone else because i'm I, on my solo stream I had to like restart my game because after the January update, my saved game wouldn't work anymore. Oh no. Um, or it was working until you got to the deals, the deal screen and you couldn't get out of it. Like it, it would just like the, the leader would just be there staring at you and you couldn't like get out of it. And I had to like keep restarting it. So yeah, adjusting the playthroughs as updates come out will be a bit of a challenge as well. Cause there may be times where a save file overlaps with a, a download or, or an update drop. And so um, I'll have to make sure that the save files to work because so, the point of this is that we're going to play it until we get to a point where, yes, we win. We get the victory screen or there's just no coming back from it. We're going to lose. <laughs> we, I, I don't I don't allow myself rerolls. The only time I allow myself to load up a save is if there's a definite misclick or a glitch or a game crash, uh, but not to go back and test something like going back 10 turns to say, OK, I'm going to switch this up. No, it's a straight playthrough. Mm -hmm. And so that's why on the checklist that I've made. I've created a checklist that lists all the continents in alphabetical order, each sieve on the continent in alphabetical order. I've listed it out to where you mark on that sieve whether you won or lost, on what turn, and what victory condition was it. Then at the end of the year, we tally the results and we can kind of tabulate how we did 
Like what was our favorite victory condition or what was our fastest win? What was our slowest win? Uh, how many losses did we have compared to wins and stuff like that? And that way we can just compare it to the community and just say, oh yeah, this is our play style. Yeah. Can I, can I already like make a prediction of, uh, if Boast does your, uh, your challenge here? So, uh, domination, it's all domination, uh, do- <laughs> it's all domination, <laughs> uh, domination, um, and not forgetting the, the domination victory. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Are you playing <laughs> exactly. India Gandhi domination? Definitely domination <laughs> nukes. I am curious, uh, kind of re- like going way back. Cause I kind of forgot about, uh, mentioning this. You say culture victory is your favorite. Is that correct? Am I wrong in assuming yes. that it is your favorite? Yes. So how do you feel about a culture victory? <laughs> oh, I, Why are you laughing? I, this is a legitimate question. No, it is a legitimate question. And like, as Moy well knows, uh, I shared on, on good morning amenities, um, which, uh, you know, the, the solo stream Tuesday mornings, my feeling of culture victory. I think it is kind of dumb. Um, I don't like how it basically doesn't synergize with every other victory condition in Civ. So it's like a total, total outcast of the victory conditions. I don't like the randomness of it. I don't like that there is there is like a numbered achievable component where it says, yeah, you're going to win in seven turns. But that's never true. <laughs> and I don't like that. There's also the random component where sometimes it's just a giant burst of tourism. You can go from you're going to win in seven turns to you won. Uh, it's not predictable. So and that's my main beef about it. It's like I, I know it was brought up like, yes, it's true. I also I'm not very particularly great at it. I'm still figuring out the math, but it, it, it it's almost frustrating to that. I'm like, OK, but so you're telling me diplomatic victory, 20 out of 20. You win the game. Yep. OK. Uh, religious victory. You got to convert all the other religions fit over 50% and you win the game. Yep. Okay. Domination. got to capture all the capitals, right? Yep. Okay. Scientific. You got to build all these and get first to Alpha Centauri or whatever, right? Yep. Okay. Culture. Wah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> so, so what it's, it's, uh, you got to get 400 out of 400 and you got to convert the sieves to your culture and that number is going to go up each time. And then there's a number of tourism that's done by trade. And then there's a number of tourism that's done by this. And then there are your wonders. And then there's your relics. And then there's your religion. But don't forget your civics. They cancel other civics. If you have that okay, civic. Hold on, hold on, hold on, oh, hold on. My okay, hold on. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Do you know why? You're, you're upset though is that the other victory conditions are static and culture victory is dynamic yes i was gonna say that too yeah it's the only one with the fleeting fleeting goal kind of but it's not a bad thing that he likes the other ones there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all and i can understand the frustration with culture games because they get very fickle like like you said you can see a prediction of oh you're gonna win in 10 turns and then it switches oh sorry no now it's 30 the next turn like what happened i i I still don't completely understand like how to combat domestic tourism and then get your foreign tourism going well uh what uh what different things within the tourism world will will work better than others like what's going to get you more tourism how do you boost it but that's also kind of the reason why i like the culture game is because there's so many different paths you can take within it you know there's great works there's relics there's national parks there's wonders there's tourism from trade routes and and there's just so many different components that could make a, you know a, a dyna- like like you said dy- a dynamic it's game. the easiest one to hide right yeah. like for diplomatic victory the way the reason why like that one kind of sucks is that everyone knows you're going for it because you keep on voting with everyone else and you're trying to get all these points up until finally you can start voting for people to lose victory points and then everyone just like gangs up on you uh domination obviously it's obvious when someone's going for a domination victory or a religious victory culture it's like one of those ones where like someone's gaining a lot of culture yeah but they that they could just be doing that to go through the civic tree and you and you can't rely on the scorekeeper <laughs> it's not going to tell you the truth <laughs> yeah that's true it's true i won i i did win i won with the cree but it took me like 300 turns 300 turns man <laughs> <laughs> hey i've i've had games like that in the challenge as well i've had past 300 turn culture victories and i i get it but the other thing I also think about, too, when I when I was criticizing culture victory at one point was I don't know how else you would do it. Like the way they have it right now, right, where it's dynamic, you get tourism and all that stuff. Well, how else would you do a culture victory? Like they, so someone said, I want you to come up with a culture victory condition. Well, how would you do, do that? Do you remember how it worked in Civ 5 at all? Because I, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember how it worked in Civ 5. I can look it up real quick as you guys talk about something. I think it was kind of like a convert. It was almost like I think it was almost like religious victory. 
uh, and it was just that you were you were subverting sieve by sieve to your way of doing things, and there was like a a, a score that uh, you you ultimately. That's how I kind of see culture, anyways. Is like you're you're basically it's like how American movies are like ubiquitous or like every, everyone knows who, who Iron Man is, right? Like whether you're in the United States or, you know, in, in China or wherever in the world, you know, you know, Iron Man, uh, that is American culture spreading. Right. I think that's, it, it should almost be like religious victory. Uh, I get, and I, I get what you're saying to Stagmus and I get, we're all saying it is, it's dynamic. Um, and honestly, if they did economic victory, I hope it would be just as of a cluster F as culture victory, um, <laughs> because it's it's uh, it's complex. Right. And I and I totally understand that it's a big part of my dislike of it is my own ignorance of it. Um, but that said, in a game where everybody's going for it and the pool just gets bigger and bigger, the more people going for it. I can see that being very frustrating, too, um, for uh, a multiplayer yeah. game. To your point, Zozo, as well, uh, I've got a section in Discord where people can talk about the challenge, people that are playing the games. VectorCat's been playing a few of my maps, and uh, right now he's doing the Kublai Khan China one, going for a tourism victory. But the problem is, in his game, everybody's been peaceful, and everybody was focusing on culture. Oh. So it got to the point where he had to get like 620 tourists or something like that. He has a screenshot of wow. it in our, in our Discord. But and, and that's to your point that it can get to that. If everybody's focusing on culture, it just becomes unwinnable for everybody. Maybe that was the idea behind monopolies, right? Like Maybe. monopolies make you fight over resources so you can get tourism a lot easier. Maybe. I was making like 2000 culture a turn in that Cree game. Um, it was ridiculous how much culture I was making. Um, nuts. But like, you know, the rock bands, the, the unkillable rock bands of the Aztecs just kept not dying. And my rock bands <laughs> kept dying. And I was just like, oh, my God, why didn't I just go religion? So, no, I, I take the meaning, though. And uh, it does seem like if we were all good culture civs, I wouldn't mind giving that a go. Um, because then all things being equal, things like spies might become really important or or, or whatever. Yeah. So in Civ five. Culture victory was a lot easier to understand. It wasn't a, it's still a fleeting target, but at least, at least the numbers made sense. So in Civ 5, the accumulated tourism stat had to be higher than everybody's culture stat. It's a one to one ratio, tourism and culture. And so as long as your tourism was more than everybody else's culture generation per turn, that was when you won. Right of uh, culture victory, a lot mm. easier to understand that. Interesting. Way. Yeah, I wonder why they. Changed I wonder why it. they made it complex. Yeah, yeah. like it, probably because they loved the culture game the the most, <laughs> and so they wanted to change it up and give it more. But perhaps they give it too much. You know, they wanted to make like they made tourism, but they didn't make tourism like faith. It's not like an economy. It's not like something you can spend. It's just it's a number that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Maybe that's why uh, Boast loves uh, uh, domination because. It's the it's the dom common dominator denominator of every victory. Hey, uh, I'll get all the tourism when I own all the cities. Uh, I'll also have the yep. your religion if I own all your cities. <laughs> it's like if I control everything, then I win. That's how you, that's that's, that's how true. Spain wins culture. So what you're saying victory. is Bose is a control for you. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking quickly to corporations because we kind of had this discussion as well. Just kidding, Bose. Um, uh, on Tuesday, um, I think. And, and this kind of speaks to like the next patch. I hope they do tweak corporations because I do think that um, the way monopolies work is a little janky right now. Um, it doesn't like and I guess that's OK, too, because it's trying to say, well, resource distribution is, is not, you know, it's not going to be equal in every game. Um, but I've already seen games where like monopolies were next to impossible because the resources are scattered or yeah. that there's only three of them and they're all in moist territory. So he has a monopoly <laughs> fr from a very early point because there are only three salts and Moy has all the salt, but Zoe wants the salt. Of course you want Zoe the can't salt. have the salt, of course you want the salt. so Zoe's going to make his own salt. The okay? devs would say, though, that that is exactly how they want it to work, because then you are you are encouraged to take the salt away from Moy. Fair enough. Don't take, Fair you enough. Can't take my salt away. It just lives within me, man. But you can't if, that's, take if that's the case, I'd like to see that like spies being able to disrupt that stuff. 
Like have sure. that spies can go Ooh, to yeah. and and steal that or get rid of it or do something with it because it can't just be that the only way for me to deal with it is to declare war on you. So once you have a monopoly, you can create a product based off the luxury. Can spies steal that product or is that not a feature yet? It's not a great work technically. I don't think that's a thing. It's, yeah, I don't it's think It's so. not classified as a great work. I, I don't even think you, then you, I would you can like even steal that relics. Added, I, think. I don't think you can steal relics because they're not classified as great works. Relics. You can trade the product if you wanted to, right? If you had multiple products, right, uh, yeah. made by your mono- th- monopolies, yeah. can you capture so. it though, or do you have to you have to capture the city? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't gotten that far. I don't know. That would be neat if you could move it around. Corporate espionage. <laughs> I think that was a component. Who was saying that of um, Civ Colonization? I think it was the game that, or no, it was Sim. It was um, Age of Empires three. Apparently, yeah, one Vector of the Cat features, yes. Vector yes. Cat mentioned, yeah, that you could uh, you could build a commodity like tea or whatever, and then you could send it to your colonies. And while they had it, that would but it could be captured, I think it was suggested. So mm, I think okay. that'd be a neater like if it was a strategic component that like, yeah, you could you could move it around, but other people could intercept it. Uh, that'd be neat. Or what if you like actually physically had to move it? You could escort it with troops. And then once it got there, sure, you know, it it, it was there. Uh, that would be neat if it was if they if they like because great works even I think when you move them around there's a time period right that it takes to move a great work from one place to another. Well, what if it, this was the same but like there is a way on the map to actually intercept it? I think that'd be kind of neat. Maybe yeah. too complicated, but that does raise a point. I'd like to see what they're coming out with in February as yeah, well. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about that after. Let's after take a break. very 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 short break. From a word from our sponsors, all zero of them. So <laughs> all geez. zero sponsors. Oh yeah, baby. It could be you. We'll be right back. Hey, Moy here. Coming at you during this ad break just to advertise our next stream on February the 21st. We're gonna be having Vector Cat Challenge. He's going to make specifically for the Civ show a Civ 6 team challenge league game. It's going to be myself, Zoe, and Nystagmus on the same team trying to achieve these objectives before the AI wins. It's designed exactly like the Civ 6 challenge league, so we're really excited about this. Usually VectorCat has some amazing games over there, so be sure to check out r slash Civ 6 challenge league on Reddit. He also has his own Discord, and you can find that on the subreddit as well. It's going to be fun. We don't know what's going to come up, and uh, it's hopefully it's not too hard that we can actually achieve it. Uh, but it's, it's going to be one that you don't want to miss. So be there February 21st at 7 p.m. And now, back to the episode. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Civ Show podcast, where we, all four of us, including Foible, suck, so you don't have to. Especially That's right, Foibles. I went there. That's right, I went there. Excuse me? What? You're, ex- you're excused. It's okay. It's okay to suck. You're, you're one of us. One of us. One, one of us. One of us. One Speaking of, of sucking, Moy, uh, it was nice Whoa. that I won that uh, game on Sunday. You know? oh, okay, buddy. Okay. Here, you, you hear this? This. this. <laughs> How could you know you what? Say it was fun like going that. neck and neck with you though on that Sunday game. That was it fun. was fun, dude. We were close. We were so close the whole time. You just I don't know how you generated more tourism. I I, I think from great works because I didn't get a lot. I had some great works. I started putting down more national parks. National parks are yeah, big tourism generators, but it takes them a while to build up to that point. Like they start off low and then they get higher. Like in my ATW challenge, the very first sip was Egypt, and we built a ton of national parks. And by the end of the game, when we got our culture victory. There were some national parks that were generating like 35, 40, 50 tourists just in that national park, which is nuts. And that that was combined with the Wish You Were Here Golden Age stuff. Here was the difference between my national parks and your national parks. I had to chop my rainforests, then plant the Mm. trees, then plant the national park. Whereas you had just to plant the national park because your yeah, rainforest had appeal and <laughs> appeal. Yeah, it took a lot it's longer true. for me to get set up there. I was always wondering why do rainforests have poor appeal? I don't know. 
I guess uh, that's why people chop them down. Brazil doesn't. It's not a penalty, right? For Brazil, it, it's it's, a, it's actually it a bonus. A plus one instead of plus yeah. One. Yeah, instead of being minus one appeal, it's plus one appeal. I know, yeah. I know, but like, why is it like? That's like saying like, okay, so only Brazilians can appreciate the rainforest, which that's right. That's correct. Well, we have so the Amazon rainforest, which is what people people go to Brazil for. That rainforest, they, they it does drive tourism. Whereas I don't think anyone yeah. else goes to any other rainforest for tour for, for tourism. Is that wrong? I don't sort know. There's of, some good rainforests like, in Puerto Rico and yeah, Costa Rica. Like sort of wrong, Those are some good places. It's the same logic that only Canadians like hockey rinks and only Scottish like golf. Okay, it's the same reasoning. <laughs> it's the reason why the, the second biggest rainforest in the world is in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and it's mm. not exactly a very stable place to go. But they have bonuses for jungle, right? They get bonuses for no, jungle no, Congo. Well, they got well, their they their got true, their special unit. Their unique unit. Their can special move unit. It, yeah. That's their bonus. That's their love of jungle. There you go. I I guess, I guess it's just not the same, man. Like Brazil, well, just like Canada is, is not immune to blizzards. Russia is. Canada's not. It's the same thing, right? Make makes sense. Yeah. Hey, really quickly before we jump into the February stuff. Sure. I just wanted to bring up really quickly with the ATW challenge. Since we finished Africa, I was able to kind of see uh, similarities between the civs. Something to note. It seems like all of the Africa civs do have strong uh, religious and cultural benefits. And that kind of played out in the victory conditions we got. A majority of them were culture games, just because most of the civs had culture benefits. And then there were some religious ones, like Mali was a strong religious civ. We had two losses out of Africa. Uh, one was Arabia, where we got down to one city within, like, I don't know, less than 100 turns, and it was just bad. Wow. And then uh, Zulu, there was I was almost ready to conquer everybody, and we got a surprise religious victory from behind from Ethiopia. So. There, it, it, it's, it's interesting to see where, like how you look at all the civs on a certain continent, you can start to see similarities in some of the, uh, the benefits and the bonuses they have. And it's kind of cool to see that as we, as we go continent by continent. Well, also all the African civs are like kind of older in terms of like their history, right? They, 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 they yeah. predate like medieval era. Don't quote me on that. I don't oh, yeah. actually know. Yeah. For most of them, they would be. Pretty. The oldest one would probably be the Egyptian. The oldest like city states that have existed, uh, we don't know exactly. And someone can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but Mesopotamia versus the Indus Valley. So, in Mesopotamia is where the current modern day uh, Iraq is, um, with the uh, Euphrates River. Uh, back like ten thousand years ago, that region used to be green, like it used to be yeah. a lot more arable land um, to to so to farm. And then the other city-states that kind of popped up were in the Indus Valley in, uh, in modern-day India. We're not... Well, I don't think... I think there's still some arguments about which ones were first. Was it, like, Akkad or Ur supposed to be, like, the first, like... Like, although I've heard I've heard things that, su- that suggest that there may have been cities, like, even way before that, that they're finding evidence for. But I thought it was, like, Akkad or Ur was, like, one of the... The first if ones. you really think about it, like Egypt especially, so so Egypt is around so long that uh, Ramses II, who's like the most famous or most um, well-known pharaoh, other than King Tut, who's known only because like he literally was so insignificant that his tomb was not like <laughs> robbed, but uh, Ramses II, that the pyramids around him at that time were thousands of years old. They were older to him than some of the roman forums are to us today i saw right? that and and, their, that and their civilization either. was still continuous at that time and so it's not like you know rome to us it's like a long time ago but it was a, a civilization that's completely unknown to us it's kind of really detached from us right but for them they saw those ancient monuments as like a continuation of their own current civilization um that's how long wow. egypt uh lasted for that's kind of a thing yeah you know? i had that moment like a, like that holy moly moment when you start to watch how small we are in terms of like space stars like it's like here's oh, yeah. us here's our here's jupiter way bigger than us here's the sun way bigger than jupiter here's andromeda way bigger than our sun here's this other star way bigger than that thing and then like, here you are one pixel by the way and it keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger do you want to know something that will really blow your mind so all that I'm stuff ready. they showed you yeah. is only the observable universe so there is actually what's called the cosmic horizon um, that the universe is actually starting to expand faster than the speed of light. And they estimate what? that 
if the observable universe were about the size of a light bulb, the actual okay. true size of the universe is about the size of Pluto. What? Wow. <laughs> that's big. That's crazy. And that's just, yeah, that's observable. Like, that's the folly of light, right? Like, that's why we have the word unfathomable, right? It, it's completely unfathomable to our minds. We're just specks. There are more stars in the Milky Way galaxy than there are grains of sand on Earth. Yes, but aren't there more uh, aren't there more cells in the human body than there are stars in the universe? Yeah. No, no, not stars in the universe. Stars in the Milky Way. Milky Way. That would make stars sense. in the universe. Yeah, right. So right. yeah, right. Buddy. The universe. <laughs> the universe. <laughs> well, then, then just, maybe atoms. How about that? Atoms. How about that? Wow. The complexity of human life, our placement amongst the stars, it's just bonkers. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> back on Weren't we going to talk here. about February? Wasn't that? Yeah. Yes. Where we? <laughs> yes. That was our next topic. Let's yeah. talk about the February, the free February patch. There's going to be an update. We know literally nothing about this update, but doesn't mean we can't talk about it. So. What do you That's think right. is going to be in this update of the unknowns, we'll call it for now? I really don't know where to start on this. Um, I think mostly they try to focus on bug fixes, but they usually sneak in things that we didn't think about. Like the last free update, the big thing that they made on that free update, I think it, what was it? Was it December? Yes. And they, they, the big, the really big thing that happened there was they allowed ambiorx's mines that have culture to generate tourism that completely changed the way you could play uh the gall and, and that to me was a lot of fun to just fathom that like having mines everywhere and have mines generating tourism and that that puts them into like high ranks of of culture civs in my opinion just just for getting to flight getting that tourism on there now it probably won't be as significant as some other things but still it, that kind of blew my mind but that that's an example of them sneaking things in that we didn't think they would do you know, part of that was also the amenities change. The other part of it was the city state picker. And uh, the, the last kind of main part was the fact that anti-cavalry units were stronger against melee units. Yeah. And that's something I've had to adapt to. I've, I've noticed it more and more as we come up against like barbarian encampments. You have to have more than just a single warrior now to take them out. You have to have maybe two or three units and maybe a ranged unit mixed in there to be able to take out these barb camps if they become big enough. That, that was a pretty significant change. But yeah, as far as February goes, I really don't know what could happen. I'm trying to think of if there's anything on level to what they did in December, like they throw in some kind of new feature or new setting that could change the way we set up our games or the way we play. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, is it is this the one that they're doing it's free this the civ revamp no, or is that no later? civ okay. no that's april. no that's, that's april. april we'll get to that so if it's free the last free one i think they gave us pirates right no that was that was a long time ago my friend that was a while ago that was like uh i but i don't october. think october are there any are there any talks of like game modes october wasn't that long ago man i was like no I think they save the game modes for the new frontier dlcs right yeah, yeah right. with the exception of texts and shuffles but they advertised that there was okay. going to be a free game mode that month so not okay. that we're not this no, aware so of this my this month. my guess is just fixes for how the new civs and the new game mode interact with the rest of the game like that, that's something they just have to in aggregate see what everybody does with it to see if there's any any flaws so i could see that being something they'll fix i honestly think they're just going to they're going to adjust probably how much tourism monopolies get because uh people yeah, are getting sure. people yeah, are winning yeah. the game and like that should be fixed like at one point i think there's gonna be some people who are gonna win the game in under 100 turns and it's gonna be like regular right. on the regular so i think they're gonna adjust just that. because of a role they get lots of resources around them they just got lucky you know I just I don't think they need the tourism boost at all to those luxury resources. I think just the fact that you can build a corporation, and it gives you that bonus. I think that honestly is enough. That's a great game mode. I don't think they need a tourism boost at all. Mm. I thought it was completely useless. That bonus. You feel like there's enough coming from like the industries that boost like gold or yeah. culture, or science or unit production. OK, for sure. Or even if they wanted to like put more time into it and just introduce every luxury as a unique one. That's kind of hard to do, but I like where they went with it now. I think it's unique enough. 
And I think that's enough. And the fact that you can build products and ship them to other cities and they get that bonus too, I think that's great. I thought that was plenty. It just like when you see videos of 1300 plus tourism, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Maybe instead of tourism, because I, I, I know where they're coming from. I know I said I was confused by why monopolies give you tourism. I, it's just like a practical thing. But now I, I kind of thought about it more and I'm like, wait a minute. Like what? Like when we talk about what, what's the most dominant culture right now would be like American culture, right? And American culture, um, a lot of things that people associate it with are like usually commercial products like Coca-Cola or mm. um you know coca is the biggest iron one. man well that's like the pop culture but i'm talking about like consumer <laughs> products right it's, um, yeah, it's like culture. iron man iron man's a consumer product that's okay. what that's what that is right that'd be movies yeah, yeah. well I, okay well regardless not the same, not the same. Um, <laughs> and so like to the point where you know there were times when france was upset that coca-cola was becoming the most widely drinked uh, beverage in France that was supplanting mm. wine. Just for the record, Coca-Cola and Iron Man, there is no difference. Those are just different brands. It's Iron Man's a brand. He's recognized. Coca-Cola's a brand. It's recognized. They're both red. Okay. They're both no, made I, out of metal. I, I, they are both brands. Recognizable okay, brands. Whatever. It's, it's, uh, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think maybe replacing it, like I get why they got the tourism, but why not give just most monopolies give a, a culture boost, not yeah specifically tourism yeah yeah i just think that that's kind of like a better way to go like where they just give you or give you loyalty or something i'd like that or just a small maybe a small boost in tourism yeah. it's like oh we got we got all we got all the beans oh yeah i'm, I'm staying here I, i'm I staying here yeah <laughs> i can't live without coffee i gotta stay here i can't Need go over beans. there in america they don't have any coffee over there i can't live without this stuff the one thing i would like to see and this is kind of like me just being a super whatever nerd is Nerd. I'd like monopolies to start causing ecological disasters because that's what happens. Example, like stripping uh, bananas. Every banana we eat mm. is a clone of every other banana we ever eat. And there's actually oh, a fear that, that yeah. uh, like a virus that kills the plant that we would have like a massive banana shortage because they're all clones of each other. There's like no diversity well, in, in no, bananas. I heard about this. Don't worry. They spliced fish DNA into the bananas and now they're <laughs> immune to the disease. Okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Is that real? I, I actually did hear that. No, I, I think <laughs> Zoe's, what I said is real. I don't know about what Zoe said. <laughs> it, it rings a bell. Look up, look up uh, fish DNA and bananas. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting into like dark web stuff there now. So crazy. It's got to be true. I also heard that like, the, you know how there's when you when you have a f banana flavored candy and you have a banana, they are not the same taste like at all. Nope. Apparently the banana flavored candy was the original taste of a banana and the banana has evolved to a taste of its own because of the, all of the cloning that has been done. Wow. And so now it's a completely different taste than what it was original banana. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. Is that to what me, you're saying? Maybe. Bananas used to taste like runts? Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's powerful. We're like a jump and a, like a little jump away from like talking about chemtrails and stuff. So let's like derail the conversation a little no, bit. No, hold on, hold on. I want to push back on that because it's, it's an interesting point. If you look at the fruits and vegetables of like even like the 50s, okay, they looked different. All right. They, they have evolved. They're, they're like most of our fruits and vegetables are genetically engineered as it oh, like even a carrot huge, okay a carrot that's the plant oh a carrot comes from is like a flower i know like, okay like lettuce broccoli uh cabbage they all come from the same plant that we've manipulated we, we could be having the exact same conversation years. in the 1950s because in the 1950s they were genetically modified from when they were first discovered uh 200 years prior to that <laughs> sure but they look they even if you go back 100 years so 50 years 100 years 200 years the tomato it just it does it looks it's going to taste different too right it's the circle just, of life that's just i think horticulture like but it'd be cool if we could try to replicate a tomato from like roman times and consume it well we have <laughs> to figure out what that is but but okay okay we're running out of time here and so we're going to wrap up with this last question here before we end off the podcast with the april update we know that two-thirds of all of the civilizations are going to be changed i wanted to ask this question i want to start with foibles uh oh boy but everyone's going to answer pick one civilization and pick one change 
or many changes, you want to that one civilization that you would like to see in the April update? Mm, that is a good question. I'm not prepared for this. Okay, then we'll <laughs> go to someone else. Zoe, do you have an answer? I'll go. Sure, I, I'll go. The answer is, I want to know what the tomatoes taste of. No. Uh, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> uh, I think I'll, I'll say Canada. I and if they did, I'd, I'd want to see them get rid of the Mounties and put in, in peacekeepers. And have that the peacekeepers Whoa. are somehow a militaristic unit that helps you win diplomatic victory somehow. And uh, yeah, so something along great, great those lines. There, <laughs> okay. He said anything we want. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. That's true. I, and at the very least, I'd like to see that Canada gets um, something to do with being immune to blizzards or something to do with getting things like gold from our strategic resources add gold like or like a lumber mill maybe makes gold or something like that i'd like to see lumber mill would that make canada sense. Yeah. i think canada because canada like you know it's it's funny like someone brought this up uh, i was reading this thing that like canada has been around longer than say like modern russia technically modern russia is like a 30 year old state canada is now like you know 160 years old like it's been We're around longer really than some of, like uh, longer than china Okay, it's like yes, China Wait, is, is oh, technically an ancient civilization. Hold on, yes, 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 yes. This is this was the uh, could Canada become a superpower uh, article that I read. The oh modern oh Chinese state is actually no Moy. Okay, I'm stop here, I'm laughing. I'm, 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 I'm dead serious right I'm now. The modern the, Chinese uh, state. And I'm not laughing at it, like your it's not the same state that it was three thousand years ago that no, that, that, okay, that they got to. Okay, the communist state of of China is relative is younger than Canada. Okay, the yes. way that they've been doing things is younger than Canada. And one of Canada's strengths throughout its history, I think, is financial. I think we have a very powerful financial system, and it's not reflected in Civ. Okay, so mm. so forget about the, the Russia China thing. Just Canada okay, in general, as long as we've been around 150 years, we've been a good good with money. You know what would have been better examples, though? A better Two better examples would have been that Canada is older than Germany and Italy. Sure, but it's older than all of them. It's older than China. It's older than Russia. So it's older than Italy. Older than Germany. I'm pretty sure a lot of historians in China are going to very vehemently disagree with you because they have the <laughs> longest they have the longest continuity of any civilization on the planet. Okay, I, I won't argue the, the the point here. I'll show you the article, and you can destroy the article that I read. I understand where you're coming from. I just don't agree with it. So. Yeah, the, like the Mao, the Mao dynasty has nothing to do with the Ming dynasty. <laughs> there, you know, wasn't a continuous so disruption of what, government. So what is your arbitrary cutoff? Because, you know, the United States used to not elect their senators. Right. Does that make it different? I'll share with you how completely different. And that's what it's like, the, how different the Russian, uh, even this the Russian, like it was a Russian monarchy. Then it was this, the USSR. And then it was the Russian democracy that is. Can, the Canadian government. You forgot can to put Canada democracy in your quotes with that. I don't consider Russian okay, democracy. Okay, can we, can, we, can we just okay. can we keep this to Civ? Okay, we're running out of time here. We're really diverting. So, nostalgia. So, unless you have an answer of what you're going to think is going to come out of this April update, then shut up. No, okay. Just, what do you think is going to come out of the April so update? So, just went on a rant. You tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Damn it! You both of you shut up. Okay, no, okay, this day What do you think? I want to see Grand Columbia. Be, I like when OP things become more OP. I want to see Grand Columbia to get plus two movement on all their units, and what? <laughs> and I want them to get an extra Comante Gentral if they're in a golden age. I actually like that idea. That's a cool idea. Cool. Very okay. Foibles, do, do you do you got one? Yes, I'm okay. ready. I've okay. got a couple things real quick. First of all, my boy Freddy. You know my doppelganger. I would like their unique unit change to something more era specific to him because when you look at most of the leaders, their unique units fit within their dynasty, like mm -hmm. when they were ruling. Mm -hmm. But you you never saw U-boats when, you know, the Roman Emperor Frederick was in control, right? right? I feel like if they had some kind of unique knight or something, that would be better fitting than a U-boat with a, a German emperor leading uh, the empire. So I, I would like to see that change because I don't think anybody ever builds U-boats, really, unless it's just for era score. I would also like to see some changes to, uh, oh, what are they called? Oh, gosh. The beliefs, like the, the beliefs you first get in the game Pantheons? when you're... Pantheons. Pantheon, there yes. we go. Yes. I, I still think that about three quarters of the Pantheons never get used. 
And I would there like a change to where it's more, it's more, it's a more difficult decision to make because you've got so many good choices, right? Right now, there's just not like that. There's probably about, I would say, six or seven that people tend to go to. Uh, and they've done some changes to Pantheons, but I still think there's a lot of work, a lot of improvement there. Last thing, at that point, I guess this kind of falls more in line with what could be maybe the last Civ in the game as well. Okay. It comes out with the March final update for the uh, new Frontier Pass. I would like to see a Vatican state. <laughs> and I say this because there is a member of our community actually went ahead and took the time and created very specific detailed structure of their abilities unique units things they can do and it's actually in my discord if you wanted to go read it under game suggestions and um, i think it'd be really cool to see a vatican state that's similar to what venice was like in was that civ 5 i think right um where it's a very unique play style very religious very gold-based stuff like that so um there's my thoughts i can see that as a game mode Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. the game. Because, like, in Civ uh, 4, it had the papacy sort of idea that, like, eventually you'd have the, the Congress of your faith would come together ah, and it would gotcha. pass laws almost like the, the World Congress would. But it was only okay. the faithful that had to abide by by those rules. Um, interesting. That'd be interesting if they if they added a component like that. Maybe to the, the, the War and Peace. <laughs> A mode that uh, maybe that you're, that you're predicting, yeah, the all yeah. out war or whatever, all out war, total war. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a hot hot take here. Uh, maybe a hot take for some people, maybe not a hot take for others. But man, I want them to change Georgia and I want them to change Tamar because I, I just want them for the meme, just for the meme alone to make Georgia literally like the greatest civ in the last <laughs> year of civilization just to be like f you guys we're going to have Tamar be the greatest people and everyone's going to play it because they're <laughs> going to be a huge deal i want them to be like they only need half of the points to get into a golden age like something just dumb like something completely <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> either that or they get a all their all their buildings automatically start with a wall or ancient wall or a unique ancient wall instead of a unique renaissance wall that would be really cool like i just want let them, to I'd say to let them good. let them have spillover i think would make it work so if you if you go beyond your golden age and you have like 10 extra points you get to keep those 10 extra points in the next stage okay that's fair too um, I would say just make their walls like super OP. Make their uh, Renaissance walls equivalent to having steel, or or that they get an extra level of wall after steel, or maybe an extra defensive attack too. Like yeah, what if what if what if it was just like a wall bonus? Like all of their walls get like a funny 50% enough bonus with the better balanced game mod for CPL. They actually do make her her walls uh, ancient era unique walls. Look at that! Look, look, see, and I see her picked sometimes in BBG. Uh, look. That's all you gotta do. I like <laughs> yep, your diplomacy yep. with city state. I think that's awesome. If they're rule, if they're majority religion, you get double, or you get two envoys, and then with owls, you get three envoys with one trade route. Tomorrow. Oh my god, that's amazing! Hundred yeah. hundred games in comes right in at time. just the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you found it. This I is want the tomorrow, tomorrow chat, and it's I done. want tomorrow <laughs> to be an undisputable S tier civilization by the April. 2021 you heard it here oh first it's gonna happen and i'm gonna feel good because i'm gonna put my arms in the air as in a bose v and i'm gonna just hail the sun and that's all i'm gonna do for like an entire year until civ 7 comes out just yeah tomorrow <laughs> All right. Anyways, Foibles, Foibles, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on on Sunday and an absolute pleasure to have you on on the podcast. Before we end, please tell us where people can find you and your content. Yes, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Foibles, streaming four times a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, 8 p. Mountain Standard. I also have a YouTube channel where we're pumping out all of our around the world playthrough challenge videos. Um, and of course, joining us on the challenge would be great. If you want to, you can come join us in our discord foibles empire. Uh, and in discord, you can grab the game keys and the game settings, everything you need to play the same games that we're playing on stream for the challenge and download the checklist. So you can mark your wins, your losses, everything else you're doing in the challenge with us. That way, towards the end of the year, we can tabulate our results, talk about how things went, uh, compare and contrast, learn off of each other, you know, try new strategies. That's kind of the whole spiel about about that challenge is, is just having fun together and learning together uh, more about the game. So also I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, mostly on Twitter though. 
And uh, that's where I usually do most of my social interaction. So that's where you can find me. Uh, we're wrapping it up, right, Moy? Yeah, that's correct. Didn't you uh, want to tell us about that uh, that Twitter that you're so interested in these days? Oh, I love Twitter. Twitter's amazing, man. It's where you can interact with the coolest people. The coolest people are on Twitter. Only, like, if you are a... I'm going to... Oh, whatever. I'm gonna, if you are an 8 out of 10, you are on Twitter. So everybody who's cool is on Twitter. And you got to follow when you're on Twitter. you got to follow the Civ Show. It's because it's where you get all your civilization content and Civ Show updates. And anybody who participated in the Civ Give, you're going to get their updates too. Because we like to retweet people like Foibles and 100 Games and Bose and the others that were in there. There was a lot more. I'm just not going to name them. I'm sorry if I didn't. A lot more <laughs> other ones in there. So follow us on Twitter at the Civ Show. And uh, Nystagmus, uh, that tube invention of yours, that's panning out well, right? You're like a billionaire now? Close. Almost almost basil bucks. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so if you want to check out our other content, you can check us out on YouTube at the Civ Show. Uh, I make a series that's a little bit more historically focused on the different leaders of the game. Uh, Zoe makes his re uh, raising reviews. You can catch all of our VODs on there as well. And uh, uh, Moy also makes uh, reaction videos uh, pretty regularly on that channel, uh, on the on the channel as well. So definitely check that out. Give us a subscribe. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. And uh, where where do you where should people go if uh, they really want to get to know us on a, on a they, real deep Moy, level? Moy, I'm glad you asked. On the more intimate level, if you want to connect with the Civ Show community, join Ooh. us on our Discord chat, our Discord channel. It's where all it's the watering hole of of civil civilization really uh, and it's where all the civ show community comes to gather exchange ideas trade memes show pet pics and all the rest of it from week to week uh, and then of course guys we now have five days of civ show that's five days of civ show uh starting every sunday at 7 p.m eastern standard time here at the civ show on twitch uh then we've got afternoon tea on mondays 2 p.m eastern standard time i do believe with our good friend nystagmus mm -hmm. good morning amenities with yours truly aiming usually for 9 a.m tuesdays eastern standard time moy uh, has civ at night or civ after dark okay i, I, I think they're rebranding right now where uh, at 7 p.m eastern standard time you can get together with moy some civ crack open a beer have a good time and then of course we end the week with the great podcast where you can get all your most recent civ show information and see foibles and all the amazing people that visit the civ show on a weekly basis uh and that's that that's that so thank you again, Foibles, for being on today. Thank you for your amazing game. Always love having you on the show. Can't wait for the next time, especially if it's a two-parter. Thanks for having me. 